You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Shawn Michaels might have another match. Colt Cabana and CM Punk end up beating something in court. What is it? What could possibly happen? There's New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion coming up this weekend. So much WWE stuff to talk about. Just kidding. Not really. We're going to get into all that and more this week as we... Kiss the ring. I'm the best in the world. What? Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the most inappropriate pro wrestling podcast in history. You're listening to Breaking Down the Ring. It is just a two-man show this week. It is the almighty armbar of shows. It's me, the almighty one. And uh, me, uh, the good brother armbar, Joe Anderson. (laughs) I'm sticking with that. That's fine by me. That's good. That's good. Uh, Z... Could not make it tonight. He's uh, trying to find out how soon he can get weed legal in Michigan. So that is really taking up all of his time. Uh, Smitty uh, choked on a cock the other night and it caused him to have severe throat problems. So he couldn't make it. And Orlando is struggling for money. So he went to Vegas where prostitution is legal. That's all I'm going to say about that. So... Uh, we are gonna. We have a bunch to talk about this uh, week, uh, which is crazy because if you think of, as you guys know, most of our shows are very WWE oriented, but there's not a lot going on in WWE. There's a there's a pay per view coming up in a week and a half, and there's still not much to talk about in WWE because nothing really fucking matters about it. Uh, we'll get into Raw and SmackDown of that uh, breakdown. Talk about why the best thing about SmackDown wasn't on the show. And then we'll get into some of the news, including CM Punk and Colt Cabana's court case against WWE's doctor. Um, There's a little bit of drama with the Something Else to Wrestle With podcast that airs weekly on the WWE Network. Uh, The most current one usually comes out on Wednesdays, just like our show. However, it's being delayed until Friday. We'll get into that. Shawn Michaels may be up for one more match. What? How? Where? When? Why? With whom? How? What would he want to do? We'll get into all that, but let's start off with uh, 
Raw and SmackDown. Um, uh, okay, look, we'll just go through the results of both real quick. Then we'll talk about why these shows did nothing for us and then go further into what was going on. Uh, Elias opened up Raw, you know, uh, talking shit, all that stuff. Fucking Seth comes out, Jinder comes out, Roman comes out for the save, match. Like Teddy Long was the fucking GM. Uh, Elias and Jinder Mahal defeat uh, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns with Elias getting the pin on Seth Rollins. Um, Kurt Hawkins uh, promises a taco to everyone in the audience when he doesn't get his 200th loss in a row. Uh, Baron Corbin comes out, uh, hits James Harden, a little white guy with a beard in Houston, uh, causing a disqualification and uh, Hawkins to lose. Therefore, uh, stopping all that. When he goes back into the back, he says that he's the new, uh, what was it? Com- not commissioner. Uh, C- Corporal? Corp- something like that? Corporal Corbin? Constable. Constable. There it is. Constable uh, Corbin. Yeah. That was, uh, so he keeps things. As appointed by Stephanie. Yeah. Correct? Keeps, yeah. Keeps really hard even. for me to pay attention to this one. <laughs> Uh, Nia Jax then defeats Natalia. There was a little bit of a problem with her knee afterwards. Ronda comes down from commentary, tells Nia to back off. Like, Nia has no point into checking on her opponent, who is her friend, which is... I don't fucking know if Nia's heel or face anymore, man. Uh, Braun Strowman defeats Bobby Roode after destroying a ladder in half with his bare hands. <laughs> uh, tickled the butt of Joe right there. Uh, there was the ba- tag team battle royal, where the B team won. Uh, defeating uh, everyone, every other fucking tag team on Raw. Uh, Sami Zayn confronted Bo- confronted Bobby Lashley. I say that with air quotes because he was way outside the ring when all this happened. Uh, Riot Squad defeats Sasha Banks, Ember Moon, and Bailey via disqualification. The reason that is is because originally Alexa Bliss was on the other three side of that Riot Squad. It was Sasha Banks, Ember Moon, and Alexa Bliss. She allegedly hurt a hamstring, backed off. Bailey comes in, gets the win. Nope. Uh, Big Show introduced the Special Olympics athlete, Special Olympic athletes of Team Texas, and then Finn Balor defeated Kevin Owens via disqualification. Over on the SmackDown side of things, um, Carmella cut a promo against Oscar for some reason. Oscar uh, then defeated Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Carl Anderson defeated Harper in a nice little win. Good job there, Joe Anderson. Um, Jimmy Uso and Naomi defeated Aiden English and Lana. AJ and Shinsuke had a contract signing in the backstage area where AJ smacked Shinsuke. Uh, Becky Lynch then defeated Charlotte Flair in a pretty good women's match. I will say that was the, like the highlight of SmackDown, which is submitted her, huh? Yeah, made her tap to the uh, disarmor, and then big ass, big yeah, big ass, <laughs> uh, just ripped on Daniel Bryan in front of the WWE universe. Same promo <laughs> he's been cutting the last four weeks. In Man, a row. it was like the one promo that was so good. Just it's like he is basically the Nickelback. But he of just WWE. needed to do it once, not yeah. not like four times. Yeah, he row. is the Nickelback of WWE. First thing started off, yeah, it could be really good, and then it just was the same fucking thing over and over again. <laughs> and then the New Day defeated Miz, Samoa Joe, and Rusev after Miz accidentally hit them with pancakes and then they walked out on him. So, uh, man, WWE sucked this week, dude. It's just, I, I know you were saying that. Is, you, it, is it just this week? I mean, uh, okay, but n- no, it's not because we didn't even do a show last week and I finally watched everything I can wanted. Can we just say to. it sucked as of late? Yeah. Yeah, because last week it was just I, when I watched, I was like, "Why? Why is this going on? None, nothing of this makes real fucking sense." You were saying you, you couldn't even hold your attention. Well, no, I mean, uh, I had my uh, infant with me at the time, which was a, a bit distracting. But 
as I was saying off the air, I, I believe even if I didn't have her with me, I think it would have still been very difficult to be uh, to be captivating. There, there was just nothing there uh, for me to sink my teeth into. I guess I mean I like Elias. I like what he does uh, pre match. I need to see more of him between the ropes. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully he gets something going with Seth, Seth Rollins that can uh, showcase his skills a bit more. Um, and the Finn Balor match, Kevin Owens match, was all right. You know, it was decent. Right. That's about all I can give you from Raw. <laughs> I mean, you got anything else? No, man. I mean, there was... <laughs> It's getting worse and worse with the Sami Zayn, Bobby Lashley aspect. I yeah. have no idea why I mean, it's still it could, going. That could be good, but it's not. No, like, not at like, all. Like, just, I don't know, the stuff they're, I don't know. The length, the links that they're making Sammy reach to with some of this stuff, uh, you know, bringing out, you know, dudes dressed in drag as a sister, uh, just some of the off-the-wall antics he's been he's been pulling lately and i get it like they're trying to establish like sammy's that guy that's gonna like really get under your skin but i think that they can just do more effective things that will help him get under lashley's skin than oh this stuff's just really off the wall yeah the calling out if he even was a part of the army i was like wow that was a you guys know you need to get heat and nobody's reacting. So it's like the only thing you can do is make a comment about him being in the army. Right? Like that's the only thing that you I could think would which, poss- which possibly in this get him day, heat. I mean that might have been something back in the day pre-social media and everything being on the internet, but I mean everybody knows he legit was in the military, so mm-hmm. that's just dumb. I mean, that's not going to get any heat because everybody knows that that's not true. Right. So I don't know where they're I don't know what kind of results they expect from that, I guess, is what I'm saying. The uh, Kurt Hawkins segment I kind of enjoyed. It was, I, yeah, uh, yeah, that was mildly entertaining. I wish that he would have went with the crowd more, though, because there were some things about it where I was like, man, you were going to say this anyway. They're all chanting, we want tacos, and you're not going. And not once did he go, oh, you want tacos? Well, let me tell you, if I don't win, when I win tonight, you're all getting, you know, that would have made that promo so much better because you would have played into the audience instead of sticking to a script where I was just like, man, you basically said everything that you could have said, but played into the crowd a little bit better. And you would have had that crowd even more. You know, it's like I was just like, man, this is why you're not a feature player. (laughs) Well, not I mean, not only that, I mean, you can blame it on him, but you can also blame it on. The word you just said, uh, all the the scripting that they do. We saw that the uh, the leak script of the uh, the B team segment from mm-hmm. uh, the previous week with yeah. the B team barbecue or whatever it was. So you see how precise and like heavily and like word for word some of that stuff is scripted. I think when you when you do it to that extent, guys are too busy trying to remember what they have to say. Rather than reading, uh, you know, re- spending time reading the crowd mm-hmm. and, and listening, and then coming back with a natural reaction. So I think when when things are scripted that heavily, and I don't know for a fact if that segment was scripted as heavily as the B Team Barbecue, but of course it was. I, you, right, <laughs> you, you know, it, it probably was. I hate to use that word, probably because you know it's kind of a weak word, but it probably was scripted just as heavily. So when when you're 
spending all day in the back trying to remember your lines, which is ridiculous to be, to begin with, and you're out there trying to perform to the best of your ability, I got to believe that most of your, if not all of your comp- uh, concentration is going into that rather than, you know, trying to feel the crowd. True, but at the same time, what makes the better ones, the, the ones on TV stick out more, unless you're the golden boy being pushed and being forced into be, having better promos, out, a.k.a. Roman Reigns with Cena, um, you can still get a quick ad lib in there and stick to the same script. Like I said, had he just went like, oh, because he just listened to them all and he's like, and when I win tonight, everyone in here is going to get a free taco. And it's like, yeah, well, they're all chanting, we want tacos. You know that's the last line of your script. It's real easy to say, oh, you want tacos? you know. And that's just what I'm saying. It's like the ones who really end up shining and getting over Samoa Joe plays into that crowd so well. You know he's heavily scripted. You know fucking uh, AJ was scripted at one point, and then he finally started being able to. You think jo- you himself. think Joe's heavily scripted? Oh yeah, I, I think I think Joe is very heavily scripted. Joe, but I think Joe, Joe comes off as Joe exactly, and I think that's why Joe's so good is because no matter how scripted he is, and I refuse to believe a lot of people are not heavily scripted. You have to be a severe veteran in there, a la Cena. They have to. They have to have complete trust. Yeah. trust in you, basically. Right, Joe's. They don't have complete trust in Joe. Now they might it's probably building because of how good he is with it, you know. But Joe goes in and sounds like Joe, like you just said. AJ goes in and now sounds like AJ, not robotic, you know. As the little times, same with Daniel Bryan. Kevin Owens sounds like Kevin Owens. Yeah, Daniel Bryan. I still feel is heavily scripted outside of what we're going to get into in a little Sammy bit. Sami Zayn, when he's not being pushed in these weird angles with Lashley, like he is now. He sounds like it It comes off as natural with him. Yeah, yep. You know, especially since, you know, his latest run where they've they've been giving him a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there are guys that, that come off like themselves, but I don't know. You know, I just don't know how heavily everyone is, you know, one guy's scripted compared to the next guy. You just don't know those, you know. I agree. Unless but you're there, you don't know. It, it's a Yeah, but it's a hugely traded family company to where I refuse to believe that. 95% of those guys are given a script and told to go. Because, I mean, you said it yourself. You know, you saw how scripted that uh, B-Team barbecue was, right? Yeah. I Some mean, of those guys have been in there forever. Actually, him, my girlfriend and I actually uh, had that script pulled up as we were watching the segment. I really? Mean, it's like spot on, dude. Like, <laughs> like word for word almost. Like, you know, it's it's right there. And chronologically, everything and what was supposed to happen when. Like, if you go back and watch it. It was. It's, it's pretty close to the damn script, dude. Yeah, I didn't even. I didn't see that until after the show. No, yeah, like I said, we we were watching it with the script pulled up. It's pretty good. It's pretty. They did a good job remembering <laughs> the script. They know what they are doing. Um. So yeah, like on that aspect, it's like. If he was able to ad lib and pull that in a little bit more and get a little bit of a pop, I'm pretty sure someone in the back would have been like, hey, that's fine. You know, it's cool, whatever. Um, that being said, uh, moving on to more stuff in there. The Braun Strowman Bobby Roode match. I know you find it tickle butt, you know, because there was the time, but Roode sets up the ladder, does the run around, Strowman stops and just smashes the ladder well, in half. Roode's reaction was priceless, though. Just dropping, falling, yeah. like, what the? Oh, my God. <laughs> he, oh, he sold the hell out yeah, of no, that, he, man. Roode made that segment. It was uh, it, it was a situation 
that uh, I was um, I sat back and gone. All right, it's not. I I literally when I saw it, I was like, Joseph, I totally think this took a butt. <laughs> but I sat back and I was like, that's actually a pretty good way to do it because you're still pushing him over as a monster. So when he loses money in the bank, it's like it took something big to hold him down, you know. But not so over the top that where you're like, fuck off. You know, because we've seen those ladders break when people fall into them. You know, I'm not going to say Braun Strowman isn't the isn't slamming down the amount of 600 pounds that it would take to actually bend a ladder like that. But with the way that it's built up of his strength, I can also partially see how that's not so over the top, you know. But the match was decent. I felt like... It's less over the top than pushing over a semi-truck or something like or that. Or pulling down a whole fucking wall with a grappling with hook. With a grappling hook. Don't, <laughs> don't forget that grappling Can't hook. ever forget <laughs> Bat Strowman. <laughs> Essential to any construction worker's toolbox. <laughs> the grappling hook. Don't leave home without it. <laughs> um, the uh, Corporal Corbin. Is it court? No. Constable. 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 God, I'm not going to get Constable. No, uh, because it hasn't been used since like 1923. <laughs> yeah, see, we got Constable over here. Constable Corbin over here, see? That, that's still relevant. <laughs> they, they still have constables, don't they? <laughs> that's, don't. that's what's going on, right? Yes, yes Vince. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> we can't call him a commissioner. Everyone's got a commissioner. And, uh,. And uh, what, what was what was Austin? What did he use to be the sheriff? We can't have that because everyone's going to compare him to Austin. We've got to be a constable. Yeah, that's going to work, Vince. It's going to work real well. I know. <laughs> or you're fired. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking bad, man. It was. It, it, it's like they were like, all right, we need to have more screen time for Corbin, but we don't want him wrestling because his belly button is so weird. <laughs> well that's why he's a t-shirt wrestler now. yeah 100 percent. every time he takes his shirt off he gets a fine in the back he's, he's skinny fat <laughs> but just there which is really fucking weird his belly button creeps me the fuck out it's like it's trying to wink at me it's like a fucking is it winking at you or blinking at you you'll never know <laughs> uh over on the smackdown side of things um yeah, that was it. That look, if you, I will say it, it was better than Raw because of the matches. You know, the New Day versus Miz, Joe, and Rusev was a good match. The uh, Asuka match was decent. Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair was pretty good. You know, I, I did enjoy the uh, optical illusion trust fall from Kofi onto Joe. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty cool. No. And then there was the backstage segment with Miz and the New Day where he ended up sticking his hand in pancake batter. He should have, like, like, three stooge slapped him all across the face with that. It was, yeah, because it was bad that he was doing the point. Because and it, it wasn't only working, yeah. One. It only got Woods and then it didn't get no one else. Then he get Kofi and he had to really fucking yeah. shake his hand. That's why he should have just done the three stooges thing. Like, just one failed swoop across all three of their faces. Yeah. That would have been funnier, <laughs> dude. I but then they that. probably would have had to kick his ass after and then that would have ruined the right going forward. I but, still would have enjoyed it. But I, it would have been, I, I would have, if I was writing that segment... I would have wrote it for the Three Stooges triple slap. And they're like, uh, we need you to help us reveal our member to the entire WWE universe. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'll like, say, rephrase. New, New Day, like, gets away with, like, 
a lot of sexual innuendo <laughs> in this PG publicly traded environment. Yeah, I mean, with but... the, the, you know, the innuendo with you know the member remarks and the mm-hmm. twerking and the whatnots and you know. However, think about all of the sh- movies we watched as kids. That when we watched them when we got older, we were like, "Holy shit, dude!" I have a kid now, and like, whoever like made SpongeBob is on some serious fucking drugs, dude. <laughs> right? Seriously, I mean, they're taking some serious shit. SpongeBob is fucking like. I don't think I'm gonna let her watch that when she gets older. Like, only like now, just because she doesn't have any fucking clue what it is. It's just bright colors and stuff. But I don't know. I might take that away from her <laughs> a couple years down the road here. Yeah, it was uh, pretty crazy, man. It was pretty crazy the, the way that they do with this stuff. Um, but like I was saying, like like the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, I like that movie, dude. It's a great fucking flick, right? And we're talking, we're talking like nineteen eighty something, right? But there were so when you watch it as you get when I'm older, I was like, holy fuck, there's some quite a few sexual innuendos I never fucking noticed, you know. Then there's the uh, the Mike Myers, um, what's it called? Uh, cat in the hat where like he grabs the actual ho- the garden tool hoe and it's all dirty he's like you dirty hoe <laughs> and it's like shit like that like as a kid's like ah because it's dirty we're going oh that's an adult joke right there oh yeah man you know they know that parents are taking their kids to this shit they got to put something in there for the parents too you know and that's what the new day are the new day are the, the thing for the parents they get away with same with some of those Cena uh, clips, but anyway, to talk about the big thing on SmackDown that wasn't even on SmackDown, um, right? I mean, why would it be? Yeah, Cass cut that promo, <laughs> that promo, you know, that again. same promo, and the only thing different is that he basically said that Daniel. That's Bryan- that's like a perfect description for it too. Cass cut that promo. <laughs> All you need to follow. up. With was again, yeah. Cass got that promo again, and uh, you know, <laughs> and then, Daniel Bryan had a retort, right? So he said that Daniel Bryan had to survive. Well, the dot com interview, there was a a guy, a former WWE writer, who went on Twitter and basically said what these dot com things are, and he goes, "There's very few guys that do this, but Daniel Bryan's one of them." Basically, you say, "Hey, we need to get a re- response from you." Daniel Bryan will walk away for th- will walk to a corner for thirty seconds, look down, shuffle his feet, come back to you and say, "Okay, I'm ready when you are." And you're like, "Already?" And, and it's like Daniel Bryan looked at you as if you just said to him, "This banana is yellow." Then Daniel Bryan cuts this minute and a half promo that you just stand there looking astounded for, and he walks away as if all he did was go, "Yeah, you're right. That banana, the banana is yellow." You remember when people gave him shit saying that he couldn't talk? Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> right. So let's go into this. This is Daniel Bryan's promo on WWE.com after what Cass had said to him. Let's hope it doesn't play an ad again. Come on, boys. I had you loaded. I'm going to have to re- redo this. Make sure there's no ad. Yep, 16-second ad. So anyway, basically, like I said, Cass was cutting that promo just saying that he's just this little guy, that Daniel Bryan's just this little guy in a big guy's world, so on and so forth. He's going to have to survive, and he's going to break his leg in half. So he can't do what he does, whatever. Then, dot .com caught, Dan- caught Daniel Bryan for this. 
maybe no sound world what what's your reaction to that it's kind of funny i'll never survive here as if i haven't already succeeded here see big Cass thinks he's just a big deal because he's big and he keeps saying seven feet tall and you can't teach that you know what you can teach every single thing that i know you can teach people the yes lock. You can teach people a heel hook. You can teach people how to kick them in the head so it's shin bone to the dome when your mama ain't home. So good. Okay? But Big Cass, he hasn't learned any of that. Why? Because he's entitled and he's lazy. You think Big Cass had a message for me? Well, guess what? I've got a message for Big Cass. Big Cass, guess what? You said you're going to break my leg in half? You don't even know how. You haven't trained hard enough. You haven't been in the gym hard enough. You don't know how to wrestle hard enough to break my leg in half. Do you know what's going to happen at Money in the Bank? I am going to make you tap out one more time. Whether it's the yes lock, whether it's the heel hook, whether I just knee you in the face and stomp you in the face until you give up. That's what's going to happen at Money in the Bank. And you can't teach surviving that. And he walked away. Like it was, like he just did nothing. And that's that the writer was like, that's just what Daniel Bryan does. And he cuts one of the best fucking promos of the year. Proverbial uh, mic drop there. Right. He just what? It's it's amazing when uh you give guys the freedom to say what they want to say. I mean, it's an environment that's controlled, but they know what direction they're going in. They know where they're trying to get to with their promos. If they're professionals, they should be able to just fly off the hip like that. Yeah. And if they can't, maybe they shouldn't be talking as much, you know? Maybe they should be learning how to do these things on dot-com type situations, uh, in front of the live crowds on, on live events. Yeah. Instead of just taking someone who can't talk and giving them a script. It's uh, like John Cena kind of mentioned before about Roman Reigns. You never really get better doing that because you're not cha- you're not being challenged. Yeah, you know, John's no one has really challenged Roman Reigns verbally the way John Cena has. John Cena, as you said earlier, stepped him, uh, forced him to step his game up. So Daniel Bryan has been in situations his whole career where he's had to, you know, fly by the seat of his pants, be quick witted come up with um, retorts and rebuttals and reactions immediately without having preparation for it in the back. And that, you know, that hones your skills. Yep. And that allows you to come up with promos like that on the fly. Like you said, you know, 30 seconds, goes and looks down at the ground, shovels his feet, comes back with that. That's what a professional does. Yeah. And someone who, like you said, knows how to get from point A to point B. And that's what you want to do. Paul Heyman is one of the kings of that. Yeah, know? I like that. Yeah, I like the idea. Give him, a, give him, give him a place to go. Give him a direction. Give him a payoff. Give him something to sell. Give him a couple bullet points. They should be able to fill in the blanks on their own with the rest. Yeah, they they should always be like, all right, what am I trying to do? You know, and that, Paul Heyman said the art of the promo is pretty fucking simple. I need to make you buy this. So I have to mention this. But to mention this, I have to get tell you why 
this is going to be the best thing on this on the bit. This is going to be the best thing on that. So I have to push this for that. And, and Heyman rarely, I'll say 98% of the time cuts gold promos. You know, there've been times where I've sat there going, all right, I'm getting a little bit bored here. You know, I can't, so I'm not going to say he's perfect, but at the same time, I will say he's the best. I don't think anybody, uh, touches Heyman as a mic worker. Not Cena, not The Rock. I think literally, and it's definitely not not today. Not currently working. No, yeah, no one currently working. And and again, I'm even talking about some of the people in the past because I thought Heyman is just really good to watch. The reason I don't say Rock, and maybe it's you know this is the fact that I am such a mark, and I was kind of bummed when he came back and he was caught doing writing the notes on his wrist. It's like, ah, oh, that kind of shoves it down the, you know, and you're like, oh, fuck, I guess, uh, whatever. So <laughs> that's, that kind of sucked. They kind of hit me hard because as a rock mark, I was like, uh, I was kind of thought he were infallible, but now you're not. So Heyman, as far as I am concerned, is the best to work a mic, period. I think, and that's hugely up for debate. There could be people who think Heenan, Bobby the Brain Heenan was better. And that's fine. It's a- he, Heenan's a different kind of awesome on the mic. Heenan's a comedian. Heenan's, or Heenan's the one with the... Uh, <laughs> I tried to... Heenan and Heyman <laughs> at the same time. Heenan's the one with the quick one-liner. He's like the one where you say something witty to him, within a snap of a finger, he's going to have something even more witty to say back. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what you said, he's still going to zing you, you know? And he's going to say something funny, and it's going to be relevant... And it's gonna it's gonna pop everybody in the back and everybody in the crowd and everybody who's listening. Yep. Um, now, as far as cutting like extended, you know, several minute promos like Paul Heyman does, you didn't you know you didn't really see Bobby Heenan do that a lot back in the day. Normally, if he wasn't on commentary, his talking would be backstage with an interviewer like Mean Gene, with whatever guy he happened to be talking about standing next to him at the time. And it'd basically be, you know, a 30-minute or a 30-second hype session of him hyping his guy and how he's going to kick his opponent's ass. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like like the storytelling kind of way that, that Paul Heyman does it. You know what I mean? Right. Paul Paul talks for longer periods of time, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Than yeah. what what Bobby Bobby is more of a soundbite guy, okay. a one liner guy, mm-hmm. you know, but awesome one, you know, yeah. probably the best one ever, you know. Uh, but Heenan's just like a he he's more of like that that long that long promo guy. I think they're two different kind of guys, right? It's kind of like comparing apples and oranges. They're they're both great managers. They're both great on commentary. They're they're both great at talking, but they just have different styles of, of doing what they do, you know? Right. Definitely. And, but at the same time, like you said, both phenomenal at the, at, at their craft, you know? So that's why <clears throat> I totally forgot where we were going with that. The art of the sure. promo. Yeah. The art of the promo. So, and that's just why with Daniel Bryan, what he did there was just, it, it, it's something that when you see what you let some people do, and him being like we were talking about, there are very few people who are trusted enough. I think Daniel Bryan can be trusted enough now. You know, 
Oh, dude, if they didn't already know that, then then shame on them, you know? But, I mean, think about it. Like, he wrote his his retirement speech promo and his return promo. He wrote those. He took them to create it, and he, they said okay to it. You know, obviously, we talked about how the week after he sounded so fucking robotic. And he hasn't sounded like that since, you know? So, sure, maybe they're giving him a little bit more freedom and giving him the ability to write a little bit and talk. But something like that where they say, hey, go talk for a minute. And it takes him 30 seconds to know what he wants to say. What, shin bone, shin bone to the dome while your mama ain't home? Come on. I mean, that's why we all miss talking smack, isn't it? Yeah. Because, you know, it gives you a chance to see the guys and the girls without that script. And, you know, more often than not, it's better, you know? And it's even, it's usually better even with people that you don't expect it from, you know? Like a, yeah. a Mojo Raleigh or someone dumb like that, you yeah, know. Yeah, when they drop those, when they drop those ones on the Twitter and everything, those self yeah, promos, you know. I mean, you gotta let these. I think you gotta just, you know, kind of push these guys off the boat without a life jacket and see if they can swim, you know. Yeah, like Jericho was saying, like give some of these guys like the three minutes in between superstars or whatever, and let them and let them see how well they can go. You know, yeah, I would fucking love that see who's best who the best is and stuff like that it's, uh, it's the only way they're gonna get better it's the only way yeah i agree with you 100 percent. i fucking agree with you you have to let you have to throw them to the sharks to see how well they the can only, swim. the only thing you're gonna get better at with scripted promos is remembering lines yeah you know these guys aren't actors they didn't go to juilliard you know they didn't right. go to college to be actors you know they're fucking wrestlers you know they're athletes for the most part yeah, they have like some dramatic sense to them, you know, some entertainment sense to them. You know, they're they want to be creative, but that's you, when you when you script everything, you're taking their creativity away. Yeah, you know, to an extent, and, and, and again, I agree because, like I said, I refuse to believe that someone like Samoa Joe isn't heavily scripted. But again, I believe that he is good enough to where. When he goes out, he sounds like Joe. And he might even have someone saying, hey, what?" he might talk to the writer and say, maybe add this. I would say something like this. Or, yeah, you know, get, get, get to this point, but say it in your own words or something like that. Yeah. You know? Oh, I wish it was that fucking easy. I think wish it was that easy. Uh, I mean, it should. It could be and it should be, you right. know? But I, I guess they really got to watch their P's and Q's with it being publicly traded and the show being live, you know? Someone could say the wrong thing, you know, and, but I mean, there's a, there's a friggin' delay there, you know, it's not like we saw Owen fall. There's a delay. You could, you could, uh, you know, you could, you know, press the bleep button or, you know, do a quick edit of something. Someone said something really stupid, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not truly live. Oh, sorry about that. Setting that up for later. Uh, as I was, uh, let's get into... Um, geez, there, geez, calm down. Prepping stuff and it's going away. Uh, up next, talk. About, we're gonna get off the WWE as far as the television shows go because, like we said, the best thing about this week's Thank television God. was the stuff on WWE.com regarding the WWE television. Let's get into some news, man. News first and foremost, uh, segueing from Daniel Bryan to Shawn Michaels. Uh, Shawn Michaels spoke with Sky Sports uh, promoting the WWE UK title tournament in London. And um, it's been known that Shawn Michaels and Triple H are going to be appearing at live at the uh, Royal Albert Hall that night. So when he was talking to him, um, 
he was asked about a possible in-ring return. And we've known forever, like, there was the mention of HBK versus AJ Styles at, that, at WrestleMania, and HBK turned it down. Well, this was HBK's quote. He goes, I've been trying for eight years now. And when it got to that five-year mark, I thought people would start asking me, but they just kind of stopped. I think it's one of those that you would never say never about, and if it was just for a one-off, then it's something that I would take a look at. It would have to be done the right way and just one match rather than something that ran for, for longer. It could be possible, but people would have to accept they wouldn't be getting the showstopper, Mr. WrestleMania, and that I'm 52 years old now. Uh, going off of it, uh, he goes... It, if it was the Shawn Michaels of 10 years ago, I would have gotten in the ring with so many of the guys that are competing today. AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan would be good. And then there's guys in NXT too. Someone like a Johnny Gargano would be fantastic. But for a one-off match now, I need to be in a tag team match where Hunter and I can just do a few crotch chops and have some fun. So basically, he's saying that he might... he. He's not completely opposed to coming back, but it would have to be a tag match with Triple H, a.k.a. a DX reunion. Um, well, let me ask you a question, Joe. What tag team, obviously in WWE, would you think would be an amazing compliment for Triple H and Shawn Michaels to face, or even if they went over on the tag team? The club or the revival? Yeah. Because those are both, and I know neither of them are really over right now, um, and not much is being done with them, but they are two tag teams that are really true embodiments of what it means to be a tag team and what old school tag team wrestling is all about. These guys are, you know, they're like the Young Bucks, they're like the Hardys. They're, they're, They're not brothers like those two teams, but they basically live their lives together. They're a family. They travel together. They ride together. They room together. They eat together. They do every, they wrestle together. They train together. You know, they see each other more than their families or anyone else. I mean, those two teams and, and uh, you know, maybe the new day have that type of tight knit, true tag team bond. I don't know that you could say that about anyone else tag team wise on the roster. So that's why I would pick them. I I like those. Um, as and plus the club, you know, has the whole too sweet, you know, right? NWO esque feel, you know, and it could be like the the bullet slash Baylor slash whatever, right? New new uh new style in NWO versus uh, DX, so that could have a different dynamic too, right? Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I guess like I, I was trying to think about it when I read that and for him coming back and I was like, man, what tag team? Cause it, it would also those two, te- they could use the rub, right? It would be something to maybe Didn't get they, another team over, but they already got the rub. The club for sure got the rub. It How? wasn't in a match at raw 25. That last segment of the night where they all were doing their moves on the revival, you know, and then they all two sweeted in the middle of the ring. They got a rub and then nothing but, came. But of nothing it. came of it. I agree. But that's and that's why I was like, I, I, I agree with well, you. Well, that maybe those this are two is a good, rub that could something could come <clears throat> from, you know, I, I don't think that anything's going to come of that until Vince isn't the one running that show. You could say that about so much fucking shit. <laughs> right. I agree. But 
with what came from that show was nothing except an OGBC shirt, which sold. And then they broke him up and sent him to with AJ on SmackDown, who was had one little run with them. You know, it's I I don't know, man. It's I would I guess if I was thinking about it as for a team that I would like to see them face. I was thinking the revival as well, but then I was like, no, that's really not going to do anything for the revival. What team would really go over? And if it was something current, there was only two for me and they're both on raw. And it's literally, I would love to see a Brizongo DX match because I think that as far as entertainment value would be spectacular. (laughs) I think that would be amazing. But also, I would love to see McIntyre and Ziggler versus Triple H and HBK. Sort of like maybe like a SummerSlam or Survivor Series, not not waiting for a WrestleMania, but I would love to see that. If Triple H, I'm sorry, if Shawn Michaels is just talking about, you know, tagging with Triple H and running around and doing some crotch chops and having some fun, to me it seems like... McIntyre and Ziggler are a little bit too uh, serious, too angry for that type but of stuff. But that's why it works, because it's two different things. And then it's the two opposite teams. And therefore, they're trying to bring the serious. And if they, especially if McIntyre and Ziggler go over, and they've been talking about people are not... They would ha- have to. And they would have to go over and... A- they would have to kick the crap out of those guys. Too. I don't want to say I don't think they should have to kick the crap out of them. I don't think it would be like a squash match. I think that it would be a I think it should be a very competitive match and come down to Triple H getting pinned by their fucking tag, you know, you finisher. Because and plus there's the whole Ziggler's taking a lot of shit over the years and even from Sean himself about kind of being a copycat of Sean. Mm-hmm. I've heard Sean in interviews saying that Ziggler kind of needs to find out who he is instead of, you know, trying to be me, you know? And yeah, like I said, and that's why I think that would be a good match. I think a good polar opposite match and would have to happen soon because eventually you're going to see Ziggler and McIntyre break up, especially after, you know, Ziggler was the one eliminated on Raw. Yeah, McIntyre is going to turn on him sooner than later. Yeah, that's definitely already seeming like it's going to be a nice little split. But hence why I think that that if it was anything that happened soon, That'd be a nice little gimmick. I wouldn't be upset about that at all. You know. So where where do they do it? When do they do it? Um, it would have to be like a SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Yeah, and you know what? They could even lose. Ziggler could get pinned, and then McIntyre turns there. I you know? that would be that would work. I could see that. It be. I think it it would sell. It would put see, it put button uh, seats for sure. Obviously, I, I'm not going to say McIntyre is the chosen one again like he was, but obviously they're. They're strapping somewhat of a rocket to him here, yeah. And they're and they're going to be giving him a push. I mean, not that any of us really care anymore, but so when he turns on Ziggler, where, where Ziggler just goes right back down the card into oblivion after their little program. Yeah, probably, huh? Depends, man. It really depends on how well Ziggler does. But yeah, I think Ziggler's coming to that time in his and his end of his WWE run. There's a bunch of young he guys. He just resigned, up. didn't he? Doesn't for how, but for how long? A couple of years, I thought. Two, three years. Okay. But he's got uh he's got that veteran status schedule going right. or you know, he's got privileges. But I mean he's got he probably makes good money and has 
you know, political pr- privileges with like dates off and not having to work every house show, but whatever he's got, it's not doing much for him in front of the camera until now with McIntyre, but we all know that's short lived. Yeah. Like I said, uh, I can see him going back down the card. I, I don't think this is going to last till mania. I could see this having a culmination before rumble, a survivor series match possibly. You know, I'd be and that's, surprised if Ziggler and McIntyre stick together through SummerSlam or after SummerSlam. No, that's what I'm saying. But if if there's like a that's what I'm talking about, like a culmination match at, at Survivor Series would be at, something will happen at SummerSlam, and then take it to that. Uh, in other news uh, involving WWE, CM Punk and Colt Cabana were in court this week, last week as well. Uh against the WWE's Dr. Uh, Chris Amon. Chris Amon filed a defamatory lawsuit against them for the podcast that CM Punk did where he finally broke his silence about everything WWE. Um, so Chris Amon was saying that they were uh, liable, it was liable and slander uh, from them. And I think he was seeking like three point some million dollars, like something for every listen. It was like a three point nine million, like a dollar per stream, a dollar yeah. per download, a dollar per listener, or whatever. Right, and it was fucking crazy. Well, they won. Uh, Punk and Colt Cabana, they don't, so they don't have to pay anything, and they basically told Doctor Mon no. Um, there was uh, talk about how Colt Cabana was happy in there. AJ and Punk were a- AJ Lee, his his wife, uh, were embracing and in tears after the announcement was made. Uh, Punk then had a small interview with Russell Zone, I want to say, where they just did a quick video. Yeah, interview. it was Russell Zone, and um, or he was just basically they were basically Russell Zone was basically the ones in the wrestling journalism industry covering that trial the closest yeah they were in the in the courtroom uh and everything and they landed an interview with punk i mean we all know he's not the friendliest guy and not the easiest interview Mm -hmm. or even the easiest interview to land so say they did a pretty good job with that russell zone did and they even like when it started they were just doing a video on his phone you know hey he he first thought it was taking a selfie he was like no 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 this is video and he asked him you know he's just how do you feel and he was he felt great and what was really cool i thought about the interview was punk said you know, he felt bad. He felt happy that his friend Colt Cabana, uh, he felt bad that his friend Colt Cabana was pulled in the way he was pulled in. He thought it was just some BS. But that kind of takes away from, there was a lot of drama yeah, between them. there was some tension between the two, or so I've heard. Right. Obviously, I don't know either of them personally, so I don't know, like, the true details. But, you know, I, I, I did read, you know, we all read the dirts. We all have our little things that we, we read, including Russell's own, which is one of the, the sites that I read a lot. So I, I've read a lot of stuff over the years that this trial uh, put some hard times on their friendship. And uh, so I don't know where they're at, you know, with uh, with their friendship or whatever, their professional relationship anymore. I don't know if there's if they're good now, if there's anything salvageable there, or if they're just part parting ways as friends or what's going on, you know? Right. And hopefully it's just 100% everything's coming back. Like Colt Cabana, you know, Punk said it in that interview. He said he felt bad for how he was just kind of dragged into this. He didn't do anything, you know, but it was his podcast. So that's why he was pulled in for, even though it was Punk's words, 
Yeah, and I've heard Colt on his podcast before saying, like, you know, he's like, don't expect me to answer your questions or, like, not to act like a jerk if you if you just walk up to me and start asking me about so-and-so over and over again. And we all know who so-and-so is. I don't need to mention his name. You know who I'm talking He's talking about punk. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, if you ask me about it, I'm going to get pissed, you know? Yeah. So obviously there was some heat or something there, you know? Oh, yeah. And it makes sense because, like I said, man, you know, uh, when you're being dragged into something like that and it's your... Because, I mean, Punk said it in the interview. It's silly. It's silly that Colt got dragged in. Uh, And it is. All he did was conduct an interview and then he gets sued over what the guy he was interviewing was saying? Yeah. What the fuck is that? Yeah. That's fucked up, man. I mean, Colt didn't say anything. He held a microphone, and, you know, and, like, asked some questions, you know? It's like uh, when we had Hakeem Zane on. Like, if Hakeem Zane said anything, and Impact was like, oh, we're going to sue Breaking Up right, as well. Like, yeah, we'd be like, what? Like, I'm not responsible for his words. Yeah, like, I didn't say the shit, you know? I mean, I, I, I've heard that podcast... I mean, there was a few instances in there where Punk was just, like, throwing straight-up shade on some motherfuckers, and Cole's like, whoa, you know, like, all right, all right, yeah. all right damn, you know, like, right. calm down, you know, like, so, you know, like, Colt's not sitting there bashing the doctor, he doesn't even know the fucking doctor, so, I mean, it is it, it is pretty ridiculous that Colt got dragged in all that, actually. Agreed. I can see... Punk, but to drag Colt in too, just because he's the one who basically held the microphone in front of the guy's face, right? That's fucked up. Yeah, you're kind of you're definitely being a little bit, uh, I, I guess, butt hurt. Yeah, like isn't Colt Cabana on like Podcast One or something? No, he's actually not. Actually, Podcast One, like everyone moved from there. Yeah, they're all on they're, like Westwood or something. Yeah, like that now. Uh, Colt's not on there either. Uh, I think he's just on like iTunes and SoundCloud and shit. Like just we are pushing it out himself. Yeah. All right. Which is sweet. Uh, speaking of podcasts, uh, there's something that el- there's something else to wrestle podcast uh, that is doing 13 episodes a week on 13 weekly episodes on WWE, uh, WWE Network, uh, discussing all of the different things, including ones where they have had Roddy Piper, the uh, the dissension between the mega powers, uh, things about John Cena, <clears throat> so on and so forth. Where if you have you watched any of these? I've watched one, but my whole thing is like. And he's got, you know, the audio, which you're not going to see the same podcast that you will if you listen to his podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, he, the ones he does for WWE are exclusive to that. You can't, like, yeah. listen to those also. You have to watch them on the network. And, and my whole thing with pod, and I, I like his show. I don't listen to it as much as I listen to others like Colt or Jericho or I like Killing the Town a lot and Austin's and JR's, but that's a lot to listen to. Yeah. Um, but... When there's, I do listen to Bruce sometimes, um, but that's my whole thing. That's the key word there. Listen, I listen to podcasts while I'm working, or while I'm working out, or while I'm doing something that I can't sit down and watch TV. If I'm gonna sit down and watch TV, I'm not gonna watch a podcast, right? right. I like to podcasts. To me, they're audio. It's what you listen to in your car. Or, you know, when you're jogging or, you know, if if you work with your hands or by yourself or something, you put in some ear, whatever. Like, I, I just don't. 
So you've not done it the way I do it then. Because what I do I've is, watched like one. I have no, no, watched I don't watch one them. partial episode. I haven't fucking watched a single one. So I, I, you I just said, pull it up on your phone I, on I the put, network yeah, and, and then I, you just listen and I go. Like, I, you know, I, I guess I never thought about doing yeah, it. Yeah. You know, uh, like when I'm in my car because it's connected directly to uh, my radio. You know, I really um, never thought about doing yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm Z-tarded. <laughs> eh, so is he. Right. <laughs> Say um, whatever we want about him. He ain't here. Right. Fuck him. Fuck you, bitch, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's I have I agree because I the first one that came out I did try and sit down and watch and I was just like, dude, one it's so fucking difficult to yeah, watch. Yeah, I mean the, it's so choppy. The video's shitty, you right. know. Well, they mentioned it and then I tried to watch the second one and they even mentioned it's like you talk about the video and so on and so forth and it definitely looked better. But I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm just gonna I put it on my headphones. Who wants to watch a podcast? Right, because they, they weren't really doing. There was nothing much that was going on that I couldn't just listen to. Like I, like I. I don't. I, and I know we used to film ourselves sometimes, and I would watch just because you know, like I'm a ham and I want to see yeah. myself on camera. Like, oh, like oh man, that might be coming back. Folks. Like I, I look like I look like crap, but <laughs> but uh, at sense. the same time, like uh, like uh, half of me is like, well, who wants to just watch a couple of guys talking to microphones? You know, like right. You really don't need to see that. You can just kind of listen to that, you know? And that's why, like, even with uh, the YouTube videos that we had go up and everything from the full shows, there's no video to that. There's, it's just logos and stuff that plays because the people are more likely right. just going to listen to Throwing it. Throwing a set of you earbuds yeah. and listen to it. And that's kind of what I do with the Something Else to Wrestle With. However, this week's Something Else to Wrestle With was mentioned on WWE Raw specifically because Pritchard was in the audience. Now, is this about... Yeah, we're going to get into that. Okay. So Pritchard was in the audience, and they specifically said that this one coming up was about the most recent run of ECW in WWE. So are we ta- we're talking WWE, ECW? WWE, ECW, Not yes. the One Night Stands? I don't know if it was possible One Night Stands. Or I don't know. at least not the first two. All I know it was recorded, and here's what uh, Conrad, the, Conrad said about it. Now, is this on their audio no podcast? WWE wanted to edit some stuff. We've got creative differences, and ain't Aaron. I wanted you to hear it directly from us. It's not because we didn't tape the show. We did. Uh, we're just not happy with the final product, and this is the first time this has happened. And rather than just throw something up to have something up, uh, it's going to air on Friday. We're not reshooting it. Uh, Bruce and I are done. We're happy with it. But we're not going to change the narrative. I don't want to whitewash everything that ECW was. So I'm fighting for it, and we're going to get the best possible product to you this Friday on the WWE Network with a delayed and our most controversial something else to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard ever. So tune in Friday. So they came out with that. That uh, Conrad came out with that today. Put that on on his Twitter, and basically saying that. Like you said, they shot it. They did their video, but there were things that WWE wanted to cut in that they were like, no, we're not okay with. We don't want that to happen. And it sounds like that because I remember when everything came out about this, Bruce Pritchard said, yeah, we'll talk Chris Benoit. You know, we'll talk about his career. We won't talk. We won't touch the fucking bullshit that he did, but we might have a conversation about it. You know, and it sounds like WWE was letting them say whatever they wanted to say. And there were many times where I was listening. I was like, whoa, I can't believe they said that. You know, and it is just like the actual podcast. It is good and it is away from the WWE narrative. And then he said this and they said, now it's the most controversial show and it's supposed to be coming out on Friday. I'm fucking excited as shit to hear this. So what do you think the controversy, what do you think the creative differences are about? Well, I think if he's saying, I've got a theory, but I want to hear what you say. Uh, well, with him saying whitewashing it, you know, it makes it sound like they're not trying to not they don't want to make it seem like 
it was this fucking epic failure, which it was because it wasn't what the ECW Dude, was before. I think it was meant to be a failure. Okay. Why? The same reason why you said that nothing's ever going to happen with the club until Vince ain't in charge anymore. Um, dude, you know why I will not say that? He put Angle down there, and Angle was his boy. Dude, this was towards the end of Angle's run. But he didn't know that. They were having all types of problems with Angle. But still, you put him down there, and that's your golden but boy. They, but he was, dude, He was. they knew at that point he was riddled with injuries and on drugs and being insubordinate. You don't think that was a demotion? No. I, dude, he went to TNA shortly after that, dude. I don't know. And that's because Vince wanted him to go on rehab, and he said, yes, yeah, he, he, he wouldn't. Yeah, and that was in the, the midst of the... I'm sure when he wanted him to go to rehab and he wouldn't, you know, that might have had something to do with him getting sent down to ECW. No, he was on ECW for a couple months before he left. Yeah, but they were trying to get him into rehab long before he left. I understand that, but it wasn't until Vince pulled him to the side that one time and then he just said, I want my release. You know what I'm saying? So he had already been there for a little bit. But I, I think that he, he was already having problems with the company before he went to ECW. That's, that's a fact. Oh, yeah. So all I'm saying is you don't know if him getting sent to ECW was a byproduct of that. You know, Maybe it wasn't, but maybe it was. You right. know? So what are your uh, theories on this podcast? I think the whitewashing you're mentioning is that Bruce and Conrad probably want to hit it hard on how shitty it was. Shitty it was. Yeah. And also how little, like I, I don't, like I said, I don't think it was expected to succeed. I don't think it was designed or pro- produced to succeed. I think... I think this was Vince fucking putting that final fucking nail in the ECW coffin because he's sick of hearing the ECW chants. Drown out his guys. Drown out his shows. He's sick of everyone wanting ECW to come back, clamoring for the old ECW guys, for the old ECW style. He's sick of it. He buried it. That company was done, out of business. He's done with it. And I just thought it was his way to fucking finally kill it. Yeah, you know, I, I will... He, dude, Vince was the ECW champion, dude, at one point. I know. So... Again, I'm not arguing this. And, you know, and that was... He did that as a complete mockery of the title and the brand. Come on. I mean... I'm not saying that Vince didn't want it to go away. I'm just also thinking that it was like... He thought that ECW could probably be some sort of cash grab for him. Heyman was involved at first. And then when Heyman went away, it just kind of went away itself. Heyman went away because of what they turned it into. Right. And then it kind of even got worse. Because it, it was ridiculous. I will agree that eventually Vince was like, fuck this. I don't think that's what it started as. I really don't. Because I think Vince was like, all right, we need some sort of product to keep what we had going going, even though we're kind of moving into a PG era. Because you had to have some sort of idea that was coming, right? So this is like 2001, 2002, if I'm not mistaken. Um, No. 
two, that's when the original ECW went out of business. No. The first one night stand wasn't until 05. The second one night stand in 06 where that that was when Rob Van Dam fought John Cena at the Hammerstein and the so crowd 2007 was 2007 everything, yeah. By the you know, and I think and it got so fucking convoluted by like 2008. You're right. This is uh 2006 to 2010. 2008 you were having Edge wrestle Undertaker at like ECW one night stand like what the fuck is that those aren't ECW guys you know like it's just it was so watered down and convoluted and just just such a twist on what it originally was you so know? here's coming from the the Wikipedia um, the original format started in 2006 ECW was initially produced differently from WWE other shows for televised events the main ring Facing cameras were placed on different locations in the arena while the wrestling ring itself featured ECW logo on the mat and the blank turnbuckle covers. The male performers were referred to as extremists instead of superstars, while female performers were vixens rather than divas. However, the show steadily began to produce following the same format as other shows. As opposed to the original promotion, match rules such as countouts, disqualifications were now standard. So yeah, I agree. Uh, former ECW owner Paul Heyman served as the on-air ECW representative. A reference to how Heyman had been identified in Monday Night Raw back in 97. According to an interview on the UK newspaper, The Sun, Heyman wrote the show's weekly scripts and submitted them to writers for possible changes, and then Vince McMahon for final approval. Following December to December, Heyman was relieved from both his on- and off-air duties with World Wrestling Entertainment. And then there was the change in format in 2007. And so that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking that they knew they were going into full PG mode, right? So... Let's put something out there that is still PG but has the sense of the attitude era that we had. And let's see and they said it. It was a ratings huge it was a ratings juggernaut and it was great. And then it just progressively got worse. And then I agree with you. Eventually it just was shit canned and treated like shit because they weren't they didn't know how to produce it. I will gladly agree with you on that. But I don't think it started out that way. I think it started out as an alternative to what people still wanted Attitude Era stuff that they were going to get and they didn't get. Hopefully. Well, I think that was that was the hook. Yeah. And, and it could have been and it should have been great. But it was WWE. And it wasn't. Yeah. WWCW. They don't call it that for no reason. Right. Now, one last thing to discuss in news before we take a quick break. Uh... Jericho, this week, made an announcement on his Instagram. Here's that announcement. Hey, guys, I'm out here in Los Angeles. I just had an extensive meeting with Impact Management, and as a result, I am proud to say that Impact Wrestling will be a part of the Jericho Cruise. That's right. Impact will be on board. October 27th, leaving from Miami to the Bahamas. And you can be a part of it, too. Book your cabin now at ChrisJerichoCruise.com. Impact Wrestling is coming aboard, and things just got a little bit more interesting. We'll see you there. Cool. It's official. The only wrestling company not involved in the Jericho Cruise is WWE. Anything WWE is not involved. They have Impact. They have Ring of Honor. They have New Japan Stars. You're going. I'll be on this thing. Dude, you're going to be our fucking reporter. 
You better hope I don't get so fucking wasted that you're I can't. gonna you're gonna be good. No. I I think that even no, think, you wasted will be great. Yeah, yeah. I am great when I'm wasted. I I fucking agree. No, that's not true. At all. No, you are. You're way better than <laughs> wasted, Smitty. Well, Wasted Smitty tries to get you on a different podcast in this podcast. I've been blocking him on that you're, lately, though. I've been on even, point. Yeah, because I've been on point with you're that. fucking amazing, Wasted. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool. I'm actually I'm gonna get to meet the man and talk to the man and get a picture with the man my, himself because I was one of the first, however many, to book before whatever date. So really, yeah, nice. And uh, you're gonna be on the list. I, I'll be on the list. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I think I don't get to conduct an interview. But I think I get to like sit in a room with some like a panel type deal where there's like a room full of people asking questions. You know, you raise your hand and there's a moderator and, you know, Mm -hmm. so maybe I can get some like uh, some stuff from that. Uh, Get a couple questions in there. We'll have to like have a a show slash meeting before I go and come up with a, a list. Of questions. questions. <laughs> yeah, baby. Oh, no, I, dude, it's there. It's it's look, dude, this thing's shaping up to be something fucking epic. Yeah. Monumental. Right? I mean, so the only thing I'm not looking forward to is paying this fucking thing off. I only got one more payment, though. But uh, I still got to get my uh, passports. I got my hotels booked, but I got I got to get my flight booked. And then, you know, there's going to be a day on the island. I got to book, uh, w- like, whatever little excursions I want to do. And I, I got to buy a, a drink package, too. Not much of a gambler, so I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, because the, the only thing you – I thought the only thing you had to pay for Is was drinks drinking. and gambling. Yeah. So I don't really gamble, so that's not an issue. Um, so – but if you are going to drink, it's like – it's stupid to not – you're going to be paying way more if you don't get the drink package. You know what I mean? Yeah. So – that's all I really have left to pay for is flight, drink package, and one last payment on the cruise, and then we're in, baby. Dude, I'm so excited for you about this. Smitty said something like way back whenever, like he was gonna go too. I'm like, really? I'd but like I'll believe it what... when I see it. Right? Yeah, dude. I wa- I, mean, I wanted to go. Smitty badly. says lots of stuff when he's drinking. Right. You know? Z said he wanted to go as well. You know, I, I think we are all talking about. I mean, you want... still can. I, yeah. It's not like the fucking thing sold out, dude. Maybe Rohit gets on there, gets Orlando fucking booked. I, Boom! I fucking uh, put that out on our t- on our Twitter. I was like, uh, when it was first announced, I quoted the tweet. And Rohit, I was, like, I was like, I'm calling Hakeem, for yeah. You listen to us, yeah. I'm get calling it, for Rohit. Get it done, to be baby. Brought in. He liked it, shared it, and everything like that. Because I was like, and then maybe because who Harris. knows? I mean, you know, Orlando. You know, he's in Vegas making moves. Making making things happen, dude. He's in Vegas he, getting he, money for prostituting himself. He's like poor. <laughs> Maybe he wrestles a little bit. While he's he's Orlando. He's Orlando broke. Maybe he had that. Uh, you know, he's Orlando. He was on Evolve. You know, a couple weeks ago. You know, maybe won he, the first ever War Battle Royal. Right. You he, know, he was that. He's got the key to the city. Z and I in Toronto him. for fuck's sake. Super kick. Maybe he can get himself booked. You know, with some get some impact bookings between now and then, and then get himself booked on that fucking cruise. Wouldn't that be a fucking something, huh? I wouldn't be angry about that at all. No, that'd be awesome, actually. Yeah. Like, man, can I be a plus one? <laughs> right? Please, we're best friends. Shit, um, if, he, if, he, if he gets himself booked, I want my, my room comped. <laughs> That's not going to happen at all. Not at all. Uh, 
when we come back, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about Jericho's second promo he cut uh, going into for New Japan Pro Wrestling's Dominion pay-per-view coming up this weekend on the New Japan Pro World and NGPWWorld.com. You can watch that. I have the English broadcast commentary uh, for it. We're going to talk about the match card, everything set up, maybe give a little bit of predictions toward this because, hey, man, this is going to be a huge one. Naito, Jericho, Omega, Okada, four. You know, it's... There's a lot. There's a lot. The Bullet Club team teaming up against some of the best baby faces ever in the business. Shit gonna be cray, dog. Gonna be cray. But like I said, we come back, we'll get into Jericho's promo and more and li- on Breaking Down the Ring. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. You are listening to the most inappropriate pro wrestling podcast of all time. You're listening to Breaking Down the Ring with Joe and Mikey and no one else because fuck them, except for Orlando, who is really broke right now, so he's in Vegas prostituting himself. That's what's going on. I refuse to believe anything else. Sounds hot. (laughs) Or not. I don't know if that's hot. Um... We said it before with the break. We were going to talk about uh, New Japan uh, pay-per-view coming up this weekend. Dominion. Huge card. Huge fucking card, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it is going to be... Let's let's just run down the card real quick. Um, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. Uh, El Desperado and... and Kanemaru versus the, uh, who are the champions versus Rapongi 3K. Uh, David Finley and Juice Robinson are going to be taking on Yoshihashi and Jay White, aka Switchblade, the IWGP United States champion. Uh, Toriyano and Ta- Tamahiro Ishii versus Zack Sabre Jr. and Minori Suzuki. Uh, the Never Openweight Championship matches uh, Haruki Goto uh, Goto versus uh, Tachi versus Michael Elgin. The IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championship, Sonata and Evil, are defending against the Young Bucks, who for the first time will be having a IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match. They're heavyweights now. They are heavyweights. Uh, This one's a big one. Uh, Rey Mysterio, Jushin Thunder Liger, and Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Cody, Marty Skrull, and Hangman Page of Bullet Club. That one's going to be nuts. The biggest faces ever in the world versus one of the most... In New Japan, anyway, one of the biggest heel ta- uh, stables. Uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match will be Will Ospreay defending his title against Hiromu Takahashi. The IWGP Intercontinental Championship will be defended by Tetsuya Naito against Chris Jericho. And for the fourth time, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship will be defended by Okada against. Kenny Omega in a two out of three falls, no time limit match. Uh, earlier, we had a little uh, video land uh, pre what it, uh, when I wanted to play. A little foreshadowing. A little foreshadowing. A little precursor. Yeah, of what's going on. Uh, Chris Jericho uh, cut himself a second promo. Second promo from uh, in the hotel room, it yep. looks like. Have uh, a little gray goose. Yep. It's about a three, three and a half minute promo. So we're going to listen to this because, hey, man, it's Jericho and he's just really good. 
I have to applaud you for the tremendous promo you cut on me today. I mean, you looked amazing. You looked like a movie star, like a matinee idol. Hair was on point, black t-shirt with the guns hanging out, all ripped up. You looked great, man. And you made some great points. You were right, Naito. I was not in the main event at the Budokan in the summer of 1997 when you were there. But I was in the main event at Wrestle Kingdom 12 versus Kenny Omega. And I know that drives you nuts. Because I know after you got kicked out of the main event at Wrestle Kingdom 8, you made a big deal of going on last at Wrestle Kingdom 12. But as we all know, you weren't really the main event. Now, were you, Naito-san? It was Alpha versus Omega. The match that was talked about around the world, around the globe. And I'm not going to be here and be Chris Swerico and yell at you and tell you to <laughs> F off. I'm just telling you the facts. You know, once again, you were booted out of the main event slot. Except for this time, it was by me. By a gaijing. By Chris Jericho. And you don't really seem to know who I am. And that's okay. You don't have to know who I am to know what's going to happen to you at Dominion. Because you kind of got a taste of it at Cork and All earlier this year, and you got a taste of it again at Wrestling Dantaku in, 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 in Fukuoka, and you keep saying, why did Jericho come for me? I'll tell you why. Because you're the best New Japan has to offer. And even though you lost to Okada in the semi-main event at the Tokyo Dome this year, <laughs> I know you're better than that. You shouldn't be losing to Okada. You should be the IWGP Heavyweight Champion, but you're not. So that's where I come in. You want to be known as a worldwide superstar. You want to be known as the best in New Japan. I'm going to help you get there. You fucking moron. <laughs> Don't you understand? Chris Jericho's going to take you to the promised land. Just being in the ring with me puts you on a different level, Nigel. So win, lose, or draw, you become a bigger star. And you're not going to win, you're not going to draw, you are going to lose. And on June 9th, at Dominion, after our match, when I'm standing over top of you holding the Intercontinental Championship over your fallen carcass, receiving a hero's welcome from all the filthy animals in Japan, you're going to realize, wow, I know who Chris Jericho is now. I didn't know him in 1997. I didn't really know him in 2018, but I sure as fuck know who he is now because he's the guy that just kicked my ass and took my title away from me. So be tranquilo, Naito. Look like a movie star. Naito, that when you wake up in the morning on June 10th, after Dominion, after I beat you, you're going to go, what happened? What did I do wrong? And what you did wrong, Naito, was piss me off. But that's okay. Let's let bygones be bygones. As a matter of fact, I'm going to have a drink. For you, Naito. Come by, Naito-san. See you on June 9th at Dominion. Fuck face. <laughs> Man, was that way better than the first promo to me. Because like he said, he even made mention of it. He's like Chris Chris Swerico. It, the first one was just so many cur so much cursing. See, you you're you're the one that didn't like the rest of us like. Right. But this one I loved. I liked them both. Right. But this one was nice and subtle to me. It wasn't like he was in the car. Fuck you, you little fucking fuck, you fuckity fuck, fuck, shit, fuck, fuck, face, fuck, face, fucker. You know that thing where he says, <laughs> you know, just being in the ring with me brings you to a, 
a whole new level. Yeah. There, there's, a, there's a little uh, inside story behind that. That's like a little, uh, uh, when Jericho, it's kind of an inside joke, when Jericho went down to Mexico, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, he was, his friends were uh, like Eddie Guerrero and like Art Bar and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they went down there, Conan was like a, like the, the big stars were Conan and Vampiro. Okay. They, they were like the Hulk Hogan's of Mexico. All right. So, you know, Eddie Guerrero comes in and he's actually kind of the green guy at the time compared to Conan, you know, mm-hmm. obviously roles will change later on down the road where as yeah. far as star power is concerned. Not that Conan's not a big star cause he was in his time and he still kind of is anyway, but, uh, Conan was a, a big star in, uh, in, uh, Mexico and, and these guys all ended up being friends later on down the road. But anyway, the first time that uh, they like uh, Eddie and Jericho met Conan, Conan, you know, he's got a big ego and talks a lot of shit. He's always been known for his uh, for for his promos and uh, you know scathing promos at that. But anyway, he tells uh, he tells Eddie Guerrero of all people that that you know, hey, you know, just being in the ring with me brings you up into a whole another level you know and, <laughs> and then like conan walks away and jericho and eddie are like who the fuck does this guy think he is you know like <laughs> so like now they kind of like use that in promos like kind of you know as a rib but like you know what i mean mm-hmm. so basically jericho stole that from conan that's long great. story short because conan said that to eddie guerrero way back in the day that's fucking great yeah dude. man yeah so because uh <laughs> if you're jericho use that in uh he used that same line in his WWE, his most recent WWE run against someone I can't remember who it was. It might have been Owens or somebody, but he said that to someone. Just being in the ring with me brings you to a whole nother level. <laughs> but I mean, all jokes aside, it's true. Yeah, like this. This is putting Night Jericho's in all reality is doing Naito a huge favor, dude. He's putting oh, yeah. Naito on the map here. This is gonna do. Like Jericho said, win, lose, or draw. But Jericho said that, you know, he's not going to win or draw. He's going to lose. But j- win, lose, or draw, it's going to it's gonna do, it's going to, you know, push Naito's career ahead miles. So this is it's a good thing for everybody, for the company, for Jericho, because it, it keeps him relevant. It keeps him one of the hottest topics, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> in professional wrestling today, uh, you know, and it, and it, and it puts, it puts Naito. I mean, it gets a lot of eyes on Naito that weren't on him before. You know, we, I have made mention a lot and, and I, I've said, sorry to cut you up real quick for years. I've been a huge fan of Naito. Mm-hmm. I, I've loved him as a heel. He doesn't speak a, a lick of English, but I know exactly what he's thinking and trying to portray to me, the viewer at all times when he's on the screen. You can just tell by his mannerisms and his demeanor and his facial expressions and all that, the way he carries himself. I know what he's thinking. I know what he's trying to say without him having to speak a word of English. So, like, smart marks, dorks like me, know what's up with Naito. Know that he's the man. Mm -hmm. But now, a huge audience is going to see what Naito has to offer. And it's a lot. So this is good for him. When we were talking about Wrestle Kingdom 12, I was talking about how I felt Naito should have taken that title 
off of Okada. And I mean, even so still, I still feel that Naito maybe should have had a good run because of his run with with the original, inter- isn't it him with the Intercontinental title who's just tossing it around, yeah. destroying it? And, and Jericho stuff? did make mention of that too. You know, I think in his, his first Swerico promo where, you know, Naito doesn't appreciate... Th- the reason he does that is Naito's got a bad attitude. He's got a chip on his shoulder towards the company for, you know, like Jericho had mentioned, Wrestle Kingdom 8. Um, Naito had won the G1, which in New Japan, when you win the G1, that means you're supposed to headline Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Well, he won the G1, and they took that away from him because they didn't feel like he was a big enough star to carry the load. So after that, he went on an excursion to Mexico, hooked up with the Los Incobernables, came back. The rest is history. Um, but then, you know, like Jericho said, also, he got kind of booted out of the main event, Wrestle Kingdom 8, then made a huge deal about being in the main event at Wrestle Kingdom 12. And then Jericho comes along and gets this match with uh, Omega. And, you know, Naito kind of gets his thunder stolen, gets the rug swept out from under him again, you yeah. know. So Naito's like seriously got reason to be pissed. Like, yeah. I get it. You know, I get why he's got beef there. So there's a legitimate beef on both ends because, you know, Naito's like pissed at Jericho. Like, who the fuck is this guy coming in? Hasn't been here in 20 fucking years taking the main event away from me. I put the fucking work in. This is my company. This is bullshit. And then Jericho's like, hey, man, fuck you. You know, (laughs) I'm just doing what I'm paid to do. This is what this is what's being booked. This is the match. They want me here. I'm doing my fucking job. You know, fuck you. So there's a there's a good like foundation to some real heat here. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, I think behind the scenes and yada, 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 they'll end up being on uh, good terms with each other and it'll be a good, like, it'll be kind of like a, a working shoot type mm-hmm. fight. I think, you know, it'll be a work, but they're going to do the best they can to make it look like a shoot, you know? Now, what does this have to say that Jericho's pulling the star card? And coming in and knocking out some serious main event time in another company where WWE has old timers coming in with that star card doing WWE main event stuff at Mania and things like that. Like, does that make Jericho? Because like, there's a lot of people that bitch about that. A lot of the smarks, they bitch, complain, whine, moan. This should be a spot for so-and-so. Should be a f- spot for so-and-so. What do you mean? Bitch about? Like when The Rock came back. Or when Batista came back. Or Triple H in his spot at WrestleMania. You know, Brock Lesnar, you know, coming through. Now, granted... See, but Le- these are like bringing back old retired dudes or semi-retired... Jericho's still relevant. I mean, he just had his... So are the other guys. Jericho just had his latest WWE run not that long ago. I mean, he's still okay. like an active wrestler. Okay, but he's Like when they bring a rock, a The Rock back for WrestleMania, he's not really an active wrestler. Okay, but he's still relevant. He's still a name. He's still a He's draw. still an... Well, of course... Duh. Again, but that's what I'm saying. Why is it? Why is everyone so fucking okay with Jericho doing it in New Japan, but pissed off at someone else doing it in WWE? The presentation, um, the work rate of these matches. Some people called Omega Jericho Jericho's best match of his career. I don't know True. if I agree with that, but a lot of people said that. Yeah. And it was a damn good match. Or at least the best match he's had since The Rock ain't putting those types of matches on at WrestleMania. The first him and Cena match was decent. The first one. Him and Punk was pretty good. See, but he was still kind of 
part time ish. You know, like was the, he though? Because Jericho's come in twice this year for New Japan. It is June and January. The Rock, at least when he went and well, won that no, title, now, he he made it. Now, okay, but in 2017, he did a couple run-ins on Kenny. Did the press conference. Uh huh. January had the match with Kenny. Came back the next day, fucked up Naito. Came back a few months later, fucked up Naito again. You know, get the some match more the promos. Minion. So. The, all those, those are like all the appearances he's made between like late two th- 2017 and now. I mean, that's probably a good eight, ten appearances, either promo or in the arena. Okay, The Rock did more when he came back and he won the title. He the well, first time with Cena, he did. Yeah, he but, did all the promos, even the second time I, when he I, had the title. I don't. I didn't. Who received that bad for The Rock back then? Like I didn't. I thought it was good stuff. A lot of people. I was excited. I thought The Rock was coming back for real. I was like pissed off when he he was bullshitting, you know? Agreed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, as a a rock So, uh, yeah, I was like, that's what hurt me. I was like, he said he's coming back home, and then he really didn't come back. Okay, well, then let's talk about Triple H, WrestleMania. He is involved in every fucking promo leading up to it. He arguably the most entertaining match on Mania's card. Okay, because Jericho had to earn his way into that spot. Triple H can just plug himself in whenever he You're wants. You're saying Triple H hasn't earned his way into that spot? Not with his career? Not in the sense that... Cause he's not, with draw, not with drawing power. No. He, really? He's, dude, he's not a draw at Mania. He's not putting asses in seats. Jericho's putting asses in seats. That's the difference, son. You're saying... Triple H versus Sting didn't put asses in seats? No. No one at Mania puts asses in seats anymore. Mania puts it. The card, or the card is insignificant anymore. It, this, it's about... WrestleMania is a spectacle. It's like the Super Bowl is going to sell out no matter who's playing. It's the same way with WrestleMania. To an extent. I'm not going to say it's going to sell <laughs> out because it doesn't sell out. It builds the sellout. You know, it's not like WrestleMania when, sold out every year, but no, I, you know what, man, I'd really like to look that up. It's sold out every year. I don't know. I really don't. At least they'll tell you, that, you know, when they announce the attendance, they'll act, they'll, they'll sell oh, yeah, it to you like yeah, it is. Yeah, for sure. Anytime. Oh, we broke the attendance record. So on and so forth. I'm going to say this right now. WrestleMania 23 in Detroit, there was a bunch of fucking empty seats. Not a bunch to where it was. I okay. was there. It was pretty fucking packed. There you go. Pretty fucking packed, but not I, I fucking I packed. I don't remember a bunch I, do, of empty seats. I, I, I do. I, okay, when I say a bunch, I'm talking about in my general area, right? And my general area was pretty much off to the fucking... Like, remember when Cena came through in the, in the Mustang where he parked? And I was like, if you're looking directly at the stage, it was off to the left of it. I hated that match. Okay, but anyway, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm basically like in the in the upper echelon of it, right above where that's happening. I'm sorry, that's actually happening a little bit to the right of me. So it, there were seats available, is what I'm saying. It wasn't sold out. It wasn't to capacity. Right? Maybe those seats were sold and it was some corporate bullshit and people just didn't show or maybe they're like... You know, walk in the concourse the whole time. You don't know. You Again, don't know. all I'm saying is I agree that, but I think that it's still somebody puts asses in seats. The Rock had that run. Royal Rumble, him versus Punk. He's the one that stops Punk's reign, right? Now, all these, 
people are bitching left and right about these part-timers coming up. At least, like when Rock took a spot that had that moment at uh, 31 with Rousey against H and Steph, there was no buildup for that. That wasn't a match. Okay, but still, it's a spot. It's literally five minutes on the card that could have went to somebody's match. No, five minutes Austin, is nothing compared to a Russell, for, in a WrestleMania card. Those things are like 12 hours long nowadays. Austin Foley. Uh, who else came out with Michaels. him? Michaels. And Michaels? Michaels, like, in the best shape of his fucking life, too. <laughs> God. That was insane. All I'm saying is, so many people bitch about part-timers coming into WWE, taking spots from bi- on big shows from other guys, and it's Jericho's doing the exact same thing, and every fucking mark is praising it. I'm a, I'm a guy that sees both sides of it. Yeah, if I was on the roster, and some old codger that, you know, because this is a what have you done for me lately business as are most things in life, you know, and some old codgers, some old, you know, former superstar veteran who's not a main player comes and, you know, takes a spot from a guy who's showing up to work every day and grinding. I, I get the side from the, the guy who's grinding. I get that. There's going to be, I see it. but at the same time, and this is why, you know, Brock Lesnar, didn't really deserve to be a number one contender in UFC. CM Punk didn't deserve to have the high profile match that he did. At the end of the day, it's a fucking business. And it you're trying to sell tickets, you're trying to put asses every 18 inches, you're trying to get pay-per-view buys or network subscriptions or whatever it may be. And so sometimes it just ain't fair because it's a business. And that's the end of that's that's it. So Jericho sells tickets. Jericho sells subscriptions to NJPW World. So Jericho's going to be put high up on the card, even though he's not a regular player there. To me, the difference, you know, with him and like you mentioned earlier, Triple H, Triple H, he's already there. He's there he can plug himself in and out whenever he wants as far as being an in-ring competitor. So to me, that doesn't bring as much mystique as as much excitement. Um, you know, as, as as much like taboo cutting edge stuff that like Jericho brings to new Japan. And a lot of that is just because Jericho can do things in new Japan that nobody can get away. Not that he or anyone else can get away with in WWE. So that brings a level of excitement too. And he brings a level of violence to his matches over there that he doesn't use in WWE. He obviously brings an R-rated edge to his promos that he cannot do in WWE. That's all stuff that's going to draw eyes, draw viewers, draw buy rates, put butts in seats. That's stuff that that's differences between him and Triple H in my in my eyes. Jess from Pro Wrestling Scorecards sent out the GIF, hoping to get a shout out, saying he made the list. He didn't make the list, guy. Sorry, you suck. No. <laughs> Are they going to make a scorecard for this event? No, they should. No. Why not? Because man, they're way, with the fucking money in the bank one. They got some big stuff going on. I'm hoping to get Daniel on the fuck phone next week for the uh, huge scorecard they got going out for NXT Takeover Chicago and Money in the Bank. We'll have a conversation. Maybe it's going to happen. That being said, let's talk more about this. Uh, the Dominion card. 
Uh, obviously a huge match that stands out as I was making running down. Rey Mysterio, Liger, and Tanahashi versus Bullet Club, Cody, Marty Skrull, and Hangman Page. What do you think about that match, man? Because that was kind of put together real quick, real recently. Uh, it's like a it's like a fantasy dream match, kind of. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure Liger and Mysterio hooked up way back in the day, probably in WCW. Mm-hmm. Um, Tanahashi, he's like, I mean, see, Okada was like super popular, like super over, but I think now like he's kind of having like the John Cena Roman Reigns effect on people. Where like, because he, he just never loses, and he's had that belt forever, and I think, and and now he, he he's starting to do a few heelish things now, and I think he's kind of losing his way with the crowd. Mm-hmm. That never fucking happened with Tanahashi. Like that motherfucker is just over there. Like, he is a god over there. Right. This is like it's like the preeminent baby faces. Like there is nobody yeah. more over than these three people have been as I, baby faces. And these the are career. as white meat. Yeah, fucking baby as baby faces get. Dude. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, and they are liked. They're not like the manufactured white meat baby. These motherfuckers are over. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if we were doing a scorecard, I would obviously pick that team. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it'll be fun, dude, because you know, Paige and Cody and Skr- well, not Skrulls, almost a face, but Paige and Cody, you know. There, there are some some low down dirty scoundrel heels right now, mm-hmm. and so I think that that they can placate into the uh, the baby the the super babyface machine that is the other team, and I think it'll it'll be a good entertaining match, and I think they'll do. I think Paige and Cody especially will do a lot to make that team look good. Not that Skrull won't do his part too, but Skrull's he's he's like I said he's almost like the fans just love him. You know, mm-hmm. so it's hard for uh, it's hard for him to come off as a heel, but uh, Paige and Cody can they come off as really good heels. So it'll be a, you know, a couple of real good heels against like the super babies. You yeah. know, so it'll be that'll be a fun match because Ray. I mean, even Liger, dude, his work rate is insane. These yeah. Ray looks incredible, better mm-hmm. than he ever has right now. I mean. Look at the shape he was in at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Dude, it's fucking stacked. Yep. I mean, geez. It's like, pardon me, I'm... <laughs> right. Ray stacks, dearie. Right, dude. <laughs> so, I mean, that'll be a fun That'll be a fun dynamic, I think. A fun, entertaining match. And has a real good chance of being a great Dark Horse match, too, because those three guys, look, they're getting in there, up there in age. This is It's a three-on-three... Three, oh, yeah. It's well, a six-man tag match. So, it's really just coming Mysterio in and Mysterio and Tanahashi are both in their early 40s. Liger as well in his fifties, yeah, you know, and but the stuff he can still do at his age. Who's the hot tag? <laughs> is it Mysterio or is it uh is it uh, Liger? It's gotta be Liger. <laughs> <laughs> it's always Liger, dude. <laughs> well, again, but it's just a Mysterio possible one off. So that's what I was like. I don't think it will be because was it was at Sakura Genesis, I believe, where. I think uh, Will Ospreay filled in for him against Liger because Rey Mysterio was injured. Yeah. And Mysterio did cut a promo saying how he wanted to wrestle Liger. He wanted to wrestle Ospreay. He wanted to wrestle so-and-so. He mentioned a few names anyway. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't think he's going to mention those names if he didn't have intentions on wrestling those guys. So maybe, no, it won't be a one-off. Maybe not. Maybe not. But speaking of Osprey, there is talk that he's not spending his summer in Japan anymore. And he's defending uh, the junior heavyweight championship against uh, Takahashi. A lot of people are saying that Osprey is going to drop this belt right now and then move on and do other stuff. Granted, he, I'm surprised he's wrestling now after that fucking move. Oh, that's not the. He, he, that guy's had a litany of injuries and he's a young man. Yeah. Uh, well, he does some dumb shit, some yeah. visually spectacular shit, but dumb. Yeah. Like the last injury. He t- that last one you're speaking of was fucking stupid. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I watched that. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> like, stop. <laughs> fucking, you're going to die or something. Like, So I see why he's all injured up at a young age. Um, I don't know what his summer plans are, uh, but I could see Takahashi going over on that match because he's over as fuck, too. Right. That guy is, like, white hot. Um, The... Uh Heavyweight tag team match, man. <laughs> the Bucks versus Evil and Sonata. <laughs> the, the the young the the, the heavy Bucks. The, the heavy Bucks. The big Bucks. Yeah. The adult Bucks. Right. Uh was uh preteen Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> what was uh Cyrus calling him? Uh Matt Jacked son. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I like it. Um I don't know. Will they get it on their first shot? That almost seems like, not that the Bucks haven't paid their dues, because right. they have, but maybe they got to pay a little bit more dues in the heavyweight, the heavyweight division. division. I don't know. So maybe maybe Los Incobernables retains on that one. I w- I... But it'll be a fucking great match, because Sonata, Evil's cool. He- Evil's really cool. Sonata, and Sonata's right there, like, knocking on that door of being like a superstar top of the card guy. I mean he's a big dude. Uh you know, he's he's tall, like maybe even taller than Nakamura, which is not, you know, as we know is more that's rare in Japan. Yeah. And he's young and he's in great shape and he's got a great move set. He's a good worker. So I, he just I think he's just like waiting on that extra rub or nudge or whatever that, to kick him into the next gear of being a superstar. So I don't know. Yeah, I think I think the Los Incobernables retain against the Bucks. I was thinking the same thing. I, I feel like it, it could be a weird ending to it, you know, uh, something where it keeps them possibly going for another shot, maybe even at their return in San Diego. Because I think people would feel like, yeah, I mean, like if the Bucks won the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships on their first try, their first match ever in that division. You probably have some smarky people thinking, "Oh, they were that was, they were kind of gifted that, you know, because right. of their popularity and the all in thing and yada yada yada." But still, right? It's I mean, look, it's not like I, like if it happened, I, I'm not going to be like, "Oh my god, I you know well, they don't deserve that at all." It's like, well, they kind of do. At the same time, I mean, it's not going to like blow me away if it happened. But if I if 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 we're pick if we're filling out a score sheet here, I'm picking Evil and Sonata. Yeah, I agree with you. Um. The never open weight championship, uh, Goto, Taichi, and Michael Elgin. Goto defending. You think that's going to switch hands? I personally do. 
I think it's uh, one. New Japan doesn't do a lot of tri- that. Tai Chi guy has been gaining popularity lately. Yeah, and like um, I was saying, uh, so New Japan stays away from these tri- triple threat matches. They're, they're this, very rare. This isn't a traditional triple threat. I believe it's elimination style. Am I correct? No. You it's sure? Just, yeah, it's just a triple threat. Let's see here. And everything I have read it is just a three man match. Not an elimination style. Well, I don't know. I still, I think, I think, I think Goto retains here. What do you think? I I think it's because it's a three way match uh, that uh, Taichi takes it. Like you said, he's gaining popularity. I could see it setting up for that. I don't think Elgin's going to take it. I could see Elgin taking the pin. Yeah, they haven't done much with Elgin lately. I don't know if it's because of that little scandal he got himself mixed up in. Or, which is clearing up. Which, I mean, it wasn't really him anyway. It was just something about something happened his under promo. his watch and he didn't do anything about it. Right. But, yeah, he hasn't. they haven't been doing much with him since that all came out. I don't know if that's coincidental or if it's related or whatnot, but... Yeah, I guess we can both agree that Elgin's not going to win it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's going to probably come down to Tai Chi taking it or Goto retaining. Turn him I I like I like Goto. He, he, uh, AJ stole the Ushigroshi from him, you know, mm-hmm. where you pick him up for like the fireman's carry and then drop him with yeah. the neck on the knee. That's his that's his move. Um, that's where like guys in the WWE using it now got it from is him, and he. Uh, He's he's been like an under the radar great match guy. He's had some some awesome matches like uh, Naito, uh, Okada, Tanahashi. He's had matches with everybody, man. I mean, these guys all wrestle each other a lot. I mean, so last great match he had, I think, was it at uh, I can't remember, was it at Sakura. Or if it was at Wrestle Kingdom, but it was at uh, against uh, Minoru Suzuki, and uh, I think it was Wrestle Kingdom, the uh, hair versus hair, Goto versus Suzuki. Goto ended up winning. Suzuki cut his hair, but uh, that was Kingdom. Okay, yeah. No, that was no. You're right. That was uh, was it Sakura? Yeah. Okay, one of the two. But <laughs> Suzuki just beat the shit out. I mean, he took a fucking beating from Suzuki that night, and and came out on top, and it was a great match. He just he's just always puts on good to great matches, and it just seems to fly like one step under the radar. Mm-hmm. So I think he's like kind of another guy in the same sense, like I was talking about earlier with Sonata. Where he's, they're like both like right on the cusp of being like top of the card guys, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, because Okada's beating everybody, you know. Now you know he's 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 going for the this is the tiebreaker match with Kenny. I kind of don't, we'll get to that later, but you know, he, he's beaten Kenny when it counts for the title. Kenny beat him when it was a non-title match in the G1. Uh, you know, Okada's beaten Naito, he's beaten Tanahashi several times. He's beaten everybody. So, I mean, some of these guys are going to have to elevate to be, someone's got to be a legitimate contender to Okada, you know? Um, I think guys that are there now that could be that are guys like Sonata, or like uh, Goto. Do you you said this is 
we'll get into it in a second. Uh, IC title match, Naito versus Jericho. Where do you think that one's going? Well, I think Naito will win. Yeah? I think he's going to take... I think Chris is going to beat the fuck out of him in the process, though. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I, I think it'll be... It's it's gonna it's hard to say that it'll be a, a show stealer when you got Okada versus Omega again on mm-hmm. the same card. But as a you know, as an American fan where New Japan's not my number one promotion, but I am super excited for this event. This is the match I'm looking forward to the most, Naito and Jericho. Really? Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's different. Jericho is like a psychopath in New Japan. I mean, you, you don't see like a lot of like hardcore ECW blood and guts type stuff over there. I mean, you see mm-hmm. stiff, strong style wrestling where you can see these guys are laying it in, but they're laying it in safe, you right. know, yeah. for the most part, unless it's like a Shibata headbutt or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but for the most part... Uh, or unless like Will Ospreay is doing something dumb, but for the most part, you know, it's not like, it's not like extreme, hardcore, super violent. Jericho's going to bring that to the, you know, to this company, to this event. You know, he, he you, you get a, you kind of lately in WWE and it's a super awesome, super over, super entertaining, but a more comical, you know, lighter side of Jericho, more more fun, you know. Mm-hmm. This is a this is like the the Wild West like like violent <laughs> fucking psychotic side of Jericho, like the I'm drunk at a bar about to get in a fight side, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like so I, it, it's just like Jericho's the only one on that card bringing that to bringing that to this card. Okay. So that that's why because it's going to be Something different than every everything else on the card. That's why I'm more excited for that. All right, I can see that. And we've seen, and not that it's not awesome because we all know it's like 18 stars, but we've seen Omega. It's a two out of three falls match, man. Uh, right, you're, you're so going to get six, six times, times three. three. Yeah. 18, hence the 18. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. See where I was going there. <laughs> but we've we've seen Omega and Okada before. It, it, like it's you know it's great, it's great, but you kind of know what you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. You know it's going to be. It's going to be long, but it's going to be fast-paced and spotty, and it's going to be hard-hitting, and it's going to be a spectacle. Right. Jericho and Naito is going to be a fucking fight. All right. And sometimes you just like to watch a fight. Yeah, who doesn't? Right. (laughs) So that's why I'm looking forward to that the most. All right. Uh, I'm agreeing with you. I I think Naito is going to retain his title. Now... As we were just mentioning, the two out of three falls match. Uh, this, this is the rubber match. I, I thought they already faced each other three times. Where's the fourth? They, they, they've each won one and they tied. You're right. You're right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Because See, the second one the, the was the 60-minute time limit where it came to a draw. Okada beat Omega for the title. Yep. The 60-minute draw obviously was a tie, but, but the G1 Omega beat... Okada in the G1, yeah. which was not for the title, though. Yeah. So You're right. You're right. So this, this is a match. I see what you're saying. Someone's got to win. Yep. This, you know. Who do you think? <laughs> Okada. 
I yeah? mean, you think they're still going to give it to him? Dude, he's like he's like their like seven hundred sixteen, seven hundred fifteen days that he's going right now. He's like their their Cena Reigns guy. I mean, he's just he's their guy. I understand that, but eventually the dude has to lose. You figure if Omega was going to beat him, he'd have done it by now, don't you? Or now is the time to do it. I think that they always the office. I mean, in New Japan, I think that they always. In the back of their minds, wonder how long Kenny's going to stay, or when, when, and if he's going to leave. So maybe that's why they don't put the strap on him. I can see that, because you know he can fucking go to WWE for big money any fucking time he wants to. Anytime his contract's up, he can walk, and they know that. And I know that he has made mention that he doesn't really want to do that because. He feels like, and he's right, he would be creatively stifled, which is true. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, at the end of the day, everybody's in this business to get fucking paid. And I mean, I got to believe even even guys like the Young Bucks and Kenny, like, it's like being a football player and not wanting to play in the NFL, you know, that just right. y- you want to play there, you know? Apparently his contract runs to January of 2019. That's what he apparently is right now. So that's not that far away. And I they, agree. They but, could be wondering if he's going to resign. Which is fine to wonder, but he's still there. He's still done a lot for this company, even if he only has a month or two title reign. Yeah, and he's, he's also done a lot for this company globally. Yeah. Where Okada's done a lot for the company in Japan. Yeah. And and they are trying to expand. Obviously, they're doing shows in Long Beach and shit. They've got English commentary on their network. So, Kenny doing stuff for them globally should be important to them. Right. He was the first ever IWGP United States champion. It brought a lot of mo- a lot more eyes to that company, him running with that. He lost it in his, what was his first title defense against Switchblade? Yeah, I'm not even a big fan of that guy's either. But again, it's still, they gave it to him for a run. I feel like... I'd like to see him, I would have liked to see him held that title longer. I, I feel like if he doesn't win this match, like you said, it's a rubber match. But if he doesn't win this match, there is no reason to ever put him against for the heavyweight title again. You're right. So I feel like you kind of have to give it to him. So you're filling out a bet sheet. You're picking Kenny. If I'm filling out a bet, if I'm filling out a scorecard, I'm picking, picking Kenny. Two out of three falls. I'm picking Kenny. No time. It can- Maybe you're right. You know. But you might be swaying me a little bit here. And then he could drop it at fucking Wrestle Kingdom. You know, I, look, dude, I agree. Because, I mean, you know, I will tell you, Okada, and he was, like, super white hot over babyface type, almost, like, to the Tanahashi level. Mm-hmm. But he is starting to fall out of favor with the fans, you know. that yeah. They are starting to feel like he's getting pushed down their throats a little bit. I do know that. And uh, he's he's gone out of his way to kind of, like, demean their hero and kind of successfully in Tanahashi, and I know the crowd hasn't taken too kindly to that either. Mm -hmm. So maybe, I don't know. Plus, He's had a hell of a run. Yeah, It's got to end at some point, right? Another thing is, Kenny dropped that promo where he was, when he said Okada was the best wrestler in the world. 
And he said he had to work to get to his, and he's more humbled going into it. Like it was, it's a different Kenny dude. And I honestly feel, I don't know, man. It just, it just makes sense to give it to him. I can totally see them not. I'm a, you know, you're, it's not like your points aren't, I'm going, no way. That's fucking dumb. No, but the more we talk now, I could just kind of, now I'm torn. I could see it go either way. Yeah. The more we talk, I get like, I, now I'm like 50, 50 on this thing. <laughs> that's what I do. Yeah. No, this is good. Well, there's, there's good points on both sides. You could see it happening. You could see it going down logically either way, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be like weird or wonky one way or the other. Right. You wouldn't go, what the fuck was that? Right. Right. Like when Ziggler won the U S title. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's it for us, man. We talked our New Japan Dominion. We talked a whole bunch of news, Colt and Punk winning. We talked Jericho having the impact wrestlers on the cruise. Rohit. Give me Rohit. Uh, we talked some other stuff. Talked WWE and their, whoa, <laughs> lackluster fucking shows they've been putting out lately. Well, they can turn the corner after Money in the Bank, man. They have to do something because this is becoming more and more painful to watch. They really don't have to do nothing. They're a, they're a machine. They're, that, that machine will run itself forever. It's never going out of business ever. I don't know about that, man. I do. It's too big. I, I don't think it's too big. I think its basis is its weekly shows. And eventually even the kids are going to stop giving a fuck. How do I know this? Because my nine-year-old was like, why? What? Huh? Who I watch wrestling with, and I know wrestling is built for the kids mainly. That's how I was in the early '90s, bro. Yeah, that's why, like, I tapped out from like '92 until like the Attitude Era. I was just done, dude. Yeah. You know, and it's it's almost it's I want I, nothing's that bad, but it's it's getting to a point where it's like like Z said in our our chat, it's it's becoming a fucking chore to watch this shit, man. Yeah, and when it just seems it's, like it's not fun, it's not. Yeah, when it seems I'm like watching nothing that the now, fans want is happening. I'm watching it now for, for research purposes for this show. Mm-hmm. I'm watching it so I can come in here and fucking say a few words about it. I'm not enjoying... There's a few things I take out of it that I enjoy, obviously. Right. But overall, I'm not enjoying this not shit. Not a great product. So, there's that. Yeah. Easily. So, hopefully they get their shit together. You know, because... Well, yeah, we're... Hopefully, because we're fans. We yeah. wouldn't be sitting here talking about this shit if we weren't. Right. We want this shit to be good. Yeah. Get better, fuck faces. Fuck face. Yeah. So that's it for us. To let us know how you feel, guys. You can go to our uh, any of our social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all that fun stuff, just at BDRcast. Leave a comment on our Twitter. Let us know how you feel about what's going on in WWE. Do you agree with us? Do you think we're a little being a little too hard on them? What are your predictions for New Japan's Dominion this weekend? Let us all know. Facebook.com slash BDRcast, Twitter at BDRcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you're listening uh, live, make sure you subscribe to our iTunes podcast on anything that you listen to on podcasts. Just search Breaking Down the Ring and you'll be able to find us. On top of that, leave us a rating, man. Five stars. Let us know that you fucking love us. Don't leave a one star. We're not that bad. How about a Melter six star? Give us a fucking six and a quarter star, baby. Or 18 stars like fucking two Omega. out of three falls. Boom. One, two, three. Unless it's only, a, unless it's a two fall knockout, then it's a 12 star match. <laughs> there you go. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> so as we want to get into, uh, if you are listening on our iTunes or anything like that, you can also listen live every Wednesday night, 9 15 PM Eastern standard time podcast, Detroit.com. Um, uh, 
let you know, everybody, this show is brought to you by someone this week. Yes, it is. It is being brought to you by National Credit Card Relief. If you can't seem to stay ahead of your bills, then this message is for you. How would you like to have a large portion of your credit card debt, medical bills, and department store debt forgiven? National Credit Card Relief would like to give you free information on a proven debt forgiveness program. This program has been used by thousands to legally forgive millions in unsecured debt. It's not bankruptcy. It's not consolidation. This is a special program, and it actually wipes clean a portion of your debt that is forgiven from what you owe your creditors. Call for free information and get all your questions answered in the first free call. The more you owe, the more you can save. If you have at least ten grand or more in credit card bills, this debt forgiveness program can be very, very effective. So call for free information and find out more now. That's 800-218-7170. There's no cost or obligation for the information. Please don't wait to call. It's 800-218-7170. You can get your debt problems resolved. I know personally, uh, I had some really bad debt going a couple years ago. My credit score was shit, man. Now my credit score has jumped up 150 points, and I've just been putting in the work. That's all you got to do. So give them a call, man. National Credit Card Relief, 1-800-218-7170. Call them today. Thank you so much for National Credit Card Relief for all they do for the Podcast Detroit family. And ladies and gentlemen, we are your ring crew. Good, brother. Armbar Joe Anderson, you fucking nerds. You fuck face, the almighty one. We will be back next week with our prediction cards for Money in the Bank and NXT TakeOver Chicago. Thank you again so much for listening. We are out.